You're listening to Podcateers. Welcome to episode 366 of Podcateers. This week we talk about where the Walt Disney Archives exhibit is going next. A fisherman has an encounter straight out of a Disney film. The original Disney store is closing. All Disney parks are open at the same time in over a year. A new Marvel-themed hotel opens in Paris. Plus, we talk about episode 2 of the Disney Plus original series, Loki. Make sure to check out the blog posts for this episode at podcateers.com 366 to see some of the things that we talk about in the episode. And remember that you can also join the conversation and connect with us over on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Just search for Podcateers. But we'd love for you to join our growing community over on our Discord server. You can find an invite to join in the blog post for this episode. Before we get started, I'd like to take a moment to thank a very special group of people known as the FGP Squad, our podcast fairy godparents, because it's their support via Patreon that helped make these episodes of Podcateers possible. As part of the FGP Squad family, you get some additional perks like exclusive discount codes for Podcateers gear, additional content, access to our monthly happy hour calls, and more. So for more info on how you can become part of the FGP Squad family, we invite you to check out podcateers.com slash fgp and as always a super special thank you goes out to the fgp squad for their continued support all right that's it it's time to get this thing going so let's kick this episode off shall we this is episode 366 of podcateers Episode two, still wowless. Yeah, it's very sad. Womp it is womp. Sad. <laughs> well, there's definitely plenty to talk about as uh, Loki episode two has officially run uh, again, released on Podcateers Wednesday. They wanted to take advantage of the Podcateers bump, so I get it. I get it. You know. Well, I'm telling you, when Kev came to me and he was like, hey, man, is it cool if we do Wednesdays? I was like, by all means, man, let's just do it. And that's the story of how Loki got released on Wednesdays and major films started to get released on Fridays. Has nothing to do with anything else that Disney Plus or Marvel has planned out. Nope. But uh, all it has to do with is the fact that they want it to be released on the same day the Podcateers gets released on. End of story. Because that's when the magic happens. Right? It's a story and he's sticking yep. to it. That's right. <laughs> it is. So many things. Larry, I heard that the archive that you went to is getting a new home this week. Yeah. Speaking of magic, it's getting all shook up. Nice. <laughs> yeah, ladies and gentlemen. You didn't know what that meant. It's going to Graceland. Nice. I know. Weird. That's a weird place to think it's magic once again because you know nobody can question the king of music that is but it will be on the graceland uh, property i guess i had never known but they have a museum in that same area and they're going to be opening it up on july 23rd and it'll run through january 2nd 2022 and it's going to include a lot of the same things i saw which you can find at my youtube channel goofy guys adventures and Specifically on our post for 365, the episode, Hazen was gracious enough to put that on there. So you guys could check out the one we saw here at the Bowers Museum and hear all about in our last episode. But this next one, some key artifacts that they're adding over there that we didn't have Disney related that I'm pretty envious of already of Graceland. Not just being a cool place to be, but now for this, the Tron ride vehicles or well vehicles from Tron the movie legacy tron legacy so yeah that is my coup de gras of things <laughs> and i would love to see, i think i would have been totally different right and biased on that end because i mean if i saw a light cycle which i've seen before in pictures but in person i think i might have had to excuse myself for multiple reasons <laughs> we, could, we could cut to other ones <laughs> well and they're probably you know they're selling dole whips at the bowers one i wonder if they'll sell like peanut butter banana sandwiches oh or... maybe nice. right <laughs> that would be cool i believe it was called a peanut butter nana sandwich 
Oh. Hey, Mickey, yeah. give me a peanut butter and a sandwich. <laughs> All right, King, here you go. See, oh, I, I thanks, hope. Mickey. Sounds like Johnny Bravo. I don't know. The one I hope, like, they have there is something with Lilo and Stitch. Mm-hmm. I, I yeah. hope. That would be perfect. I hope. <laughs> If they had Stitch in his little Elvis costume, that oh. would be awesome. <laughs> That's what Imagine greets you when you're walking it. in. Oh, my God. If they sold, like, a plush like that. Dude. Oh, yeah. I, would, I would probably go after somebody to go get that for me. It can have the That'd Welcome cool. to Graceland logo that they have, like, that big sign. But he crosses yeah. it off, and it says, like, <gasps> Welcome to Stitchland. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be cute. <laughs> That'd be awesome. I love it. Never know. Ideas. Here we go. We're pitching them again for right. the exhibit now. Yes, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> did you ever get a chance to see the light cycle that they had as part of electronica at dca i did now that's one of my fond memories of it because i remember walking and I'll, I'll fully admit with that time earlier in my like dca disney fandom of like parks being able to go at an older age i kind of just walked right past it without even realizing it the first time and i took a quick like 360 right mm-hmm. and then when i took the 360 and i looked i almost like thought i was so, this is how bad i am i thought i was dreaming like i thought oh this is in my head like what am i doing <laughs> but then it was really there and i was like just like and i, I remember distinctively like rebecca's like okay yeah we need to take a minute he's 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 in that zone <laughs> <laughs> yes i do that's funny yeah, I remember that during Electronica, it was one of my favorite things to see. And, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of Tron the way that you or Mel or even Gavin was. Like, your Tron fandom is, like, up there, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember going, but it was my favorite thing to photograph every time that I walked into Electronica. And back in the olden days when I was just a young <laughs> whippersnapper, uh, I, I may have almost gotten in trouble for kind of approaching the vehicle and getting oh, super wow. close to it kind of wanting to sit on it and i Sir, didn't please stand behind the ropes please stay <laughs> right? behind the ropes. i didn't because i got caught right before uh but i was trying to sneak a photo in and i you know again much younger didn't have many more boundaries and i shouldn't have done it i get it but man if i had gotten that photo it would have been super dope right uh, either way, don't do stuff like that. Do as I say, not as I do. You know, even though it was <laughs> so long ago at this point, oh, I feel so old all of a sudden. It feels oh <laughs> it feels like a lifetime ago. But yeah, definitely one of the cooler things there. By the way, remember last week we couldn't figure out what that guy's name was when we were talking about the guy that sold his collection? Oh, so yeah. The, the house. Yeah, so I ended up researching it because I couldn't remember. I thought that right after we were done, I was going to be like, that's his name. Couldn't remember it. But I wrote up a little thing uh, for the blog post because there was also this really great video by this channel called Beyond the Backlot that got an entire tour of his house. And I put it in the blog post as well. But the couple is Scott and Terry Rummel. And Scott, we mistakenly thought that he was like some music exec. Uh, He's not actually. He's a voiceover actor and he's like the voice of the movies. Oh. oh, okay. So, wow. <laughs> uh, if you want to see the video, again, head over to podcasters.com slash 365. There you will also find the, the vlog that Larry created from his visit to the Bowers as well, if you hadn't had an opportunity to see that. So many good things. I am jealous that you had a chance to go, like I said last week, because it was definitely on my list. And with the flip-flopping back and forth, every time they would reopen, it was super hard to get tickets unless you were there and ready to go to get them every time that they made the announcement. So now that it's at Graceland, you know, if I start traveling now, I should get there in time for the January closing, right? I think you make – yeah, I think that's a good plan. Yeah. walk, start walking now. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, that's going to be some steps on the Fitbit. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, Mel. Um, yeah. So <laughs> you you sent this text message. I found it super comical. Right. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about what happened. <laughs> Your face is just, I know. When I first heard about this, I thought the same thing too. Because this is like, what? You've heard of this story. And let me just tell you what happened. So 
over in Cape Cod, Cape Cod in uh, Massachusetts, a gentleman by the name of Michael Packard, who usually dives for lobsters. Everyday thing. He does his thing. He has his own business. He's mining ho- his own business, right? Mind you, this happened a few days ago. So it's recent. <laughs> Keep that in mind. <laughs> so he's over and he's at the bottom of pretty much like 10 feet from the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, you might be like, oh my God, that is dark, dark place. <laughs> um, right. Underwater, kind of scary, even for me. So that's why I'm kind of fascinated by this. And so he's getting, he's doing his thing. And then suddenly he feels this pressure and suddenly everything goes dark. And I'm telling you the story of how he told it in the interview. And what he describes is he's in this He's in something. He knows he's in something. And he's talking about, well, one thing, there's no teeth. So that's a good sign. It ain't a shark. Woo. All right. (laughs) That's one checklist. (laughs) So as that's happening, he's describing being inside. It's dark, but it's only lasting about four or five seconds or so. And the way that he's describing the movement of how fast he's going is kind of like, think about how you're on Space Mountain. Mm. Dark, and it goes fast. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like the speed that he's going at. And suddenly, he is just... Which is crazy underwater. Yes. (laughs) This is still underwater. Yes, yes, yes. Right. (laughs) So it sounds like it takes forever. But like I said, no. It's about five seconds, and then... He's shot out. Legs first, he's out. You know, it kind of made me think, one, I'm so glad he survived it because that is terrifying, right? Two, oh my gosh, this is a real-life Pinocchio story we are listening right now. (laughs) That's exactly why I had to talk about this because I'm terrified of the ocean. Monstro still scares me on Pinocchio, but I had to tell the story of what I had seen. And I'm like, this is fascinating, terrifying, but oh my gosh, what an adventure. (laughs) So in the, in the matter of Hmm. four to five seconds, Mm -hmm. dude is fishing for lobster, Uh gets swallowed by a whale. A blue, uh, yes. And you know what? I didn't say what it was. It's a humpback whale. Okay. Gets swallowed by a humpback whale. Mm -hmm. Goes on a flight. While mm-hmm. something from Fantasia's playing in the background <laughs> <Yes>. gets <laughs> shot out. Did he get did he say if he got shot out of the blowhole or did he just go out of the mouth again? Out of the mouth. Okay. Yeah. So like he gets spit, spit out, out because yeah. apparently he didn't taste like chicken. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tasted like scuba tank. Or krill. Yeah. <laughs> or krill. <laughs> <laughs> or chicken krill. Who knows? Chicken flavored krill. That's a thing. They sell it. I can't it. believe it's not krill. Yeah. <laughs> nice. And he lives to tell about it. Yes. After being swallowed by a whale. Uh-huh. This is he insane. Was- it is. It is. And he just had the fortunate luck of someone else finding him, seeing him come out with his legs up. I, I'm like, <laughs> this is wow. insane. So that was he was interviewed on Jimmy Kimmel. That's right. That's what you sent. Over yes. Jimmy Kimmel. And I, the, I clicked on the link and he's sitting. They interview him sitting in a whale, like whale's <laughs> yeah. mouth, a big ceramic or something. Yeah. Whale. But the coolest cool. thing about that is that. They're taking the whale's chair, and he's going to take it to his business, and he's going to sell his stuff on that. Oh, really? So that's I was cool. like, hey, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> that's fantastic. I mean, you would have to think that after having that type of experience, one, you have to be grateful for surviving. Oh, right? yeah. Because that's, that's so it's, it's crazy to me how that can mm-hmm. happen. Uh, but after... I guess you can just kind of laugh it off and be like, oh, haha, it's a funny story. Like, I didn't taste like chicken. It spit me back out. But, I mean, he didn't say that he didn't taste like chicken. I'm obviously adding that. <laughs> right. But I, 
it I mean we saw like you mentioned it's something you see in Pinocchio you know it's mm-hmm. part of the story and everything Pinocchio makes it out and <laughs> you know you got the whole scene and everything <laughs> but the, <laughs> exactly oh you know what I didn't mention the one way the one way he did survive is that he had his mask on his scuba mask his scuba, his scuba mask. mask yeah because he was diving yeah. So he oh, had his equipment man. with him. So that's how he survived. That's crazy. The only <laughs> other thing that would have probably made that interaction worse is if there was an anglerfish that oh. turned on its light right oh. next to him. <laughs> For those not familiar with the anglerfish, uh, whether you've seen them on the Nemo subs or you've seen them anywhere else, they're the the fish that look kind of like footballs. And on the Nemo subs, they have these huge teeth. They, they mm-hmm. were in Finding Nemo as well. But they have the huge teeth. They're in the darkness. And all of a sudden, they have this like little hangy light bulb thing that turns on in front of them. And then you can see what this vicious thing looks like. That would have probably been the only other thing that would have made me excuse myself. As <laughs> Larry excused himself had he seen the Tron vehicles. <laughs> Unless it was a different. I don't know. I don't know. But that's insane. Yeah, imagine seeing that inside the, like you said it's dark right mm-hmm. and i think i got the link too you imagine seeing that inside of the whale's mouth i mean that would be like well i guess this is it this is how i uh to wrap this chapter up i was just i was now you've put that final link in when you say he's wearing his mask mm-hmm. that solved a lot for me because i thought he would just resort to please open your <laughs> mouth because we've all been taught by dory right, right. To speak humpback well but <laughs> that's funny i love it ah uh, well i what was his name again oh uh michael packard michael packard well mm-hmm. we're happy that you survived sir that's a uh, crazy i can't imagine the trauma that comes along with that but uh, i mean what a story a whale right. of a tail. What a story. Uh, you hear? <laughs> or two, maybe. Yeah, that, that's insane. You hear about shark attacks all the time, but I don't think I've ever heard of a whale attack no, like this No, I haven't. No, that's my first. I always wondered. No, seriously, I'm afraid of the ocean on many levels. So afraid of it. I'm afraid of bridges, even. Mm-hmm. So I, I get real wheezy and i always wondered like why don't they go after people so i never really felt scared but now i know it was just a mistake yeah obviously the whale probably regrets every minute of that you know it's like swallowing (laughs) well in his interview he apologized to the whale oh yeah (laughs) right. he said he would never do it again he'd never do it again well what's he gonna do if the whale doesn't watch jimmy kimmel He's never going to hear that the apology. The, they're going to have to send him a letter, I guess. Or maybe just Gotta a YouTube translate link, it. right? Yeah, translate it in whale. <laughs> <laughs> you said it was it was humpback, right? Right. Yeah, humpback. I'm pretty sure that's humpback. That's, right. that's humpback. <laughs> oh, well, uh, yeah, I don't think I would like that as well. I mean, how do you come back from that? Spit out, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> just a tiny bit. <laughs> oh, hey. Did any of you ever work at the Disney stores? No. 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 I did dream of that. I shopped at the Disney stores. Yeah. So my wife and some of our friends actually worked at the Disney stores really, really early on um, in in our working careers. We were all very young. Uh, I I guess my wife is technically an ex-cast member. Yes, because she is. Because when she was working for the Disney store, it's when the when Disney still owned them. When she left, I think they were in the middle of transitioning to Children's Place buying them, which was a child's brand clothing store that was now going to run them. And apparently that's when a lot of the Disney stores lost a lot of their Disney magic. And then I'm not sure if they ever went back to being run by Disney. Uh, But sadly, it looks like more Disney stores are closing, all of the ones in Europe But I think what really got me was when I read that the original Disney store that's at the Glendale Galleria, very close to the Disney Studios, uh, is going to be closing uh, July 14th, I believe, is the last day. Uh, I'd have to double check on that day, but it's kind of sad. You know, a Disney store is one of those things where 
you could get a little bit of that Disney magic when you couldn't go to the parks. The mm-hmm. stores were always so beautifully decorated with these maquettes and statues of all the characters. And if you were lucky enough, your Disney store happened to have the ones that still moved around because they always seemed to break. And, um, yeah, I I have really fond memories of being able to at least walk into a Disney store. They had the big plush mountain, you know, mm-hmm. in front of the movies that, that they would show all day long. Some of the sing-along videos were back there as well. What was the coolest thing that you remember ever buying from a Disney store? I, I know I bought. That. <laughs> yeah, I know I bought. Melissa actually sent this to me. I bought. It was a clearance. It's a, like a 12-foot. 12 foot 12 inch tall genie uh from aladdin mm. it was like plush legs with like a rubber top uh that's pretty cool i bu- um i have a great uh roger rabbit shirt that i don't wear because i like to keep it nice i got that from the disney store all kinds of fun stuff from the disney store yeah right on. i actually have a few lots of dolls. gifts <laughs> that's great you say that andrew because i was saying you know i don't have a memory distinctive i know i'm missing out on something that i've gotten there because i remember just like you're saying hazen it's funny when you mentioned the plush mountain mm-hmm. it was like this centerpiece the for the st- that was the one thing about the store too i love was like the stage lighting inside of a store that they used to have to hit that right there like it's not like luminescent you know standard lighting i guess like when you go to any closed store or what but i remember one christmas uh, me and my wife went all in and we just said we're gonna buy disney stuff from the disney store just to knock out all the kids because they were at that prime age the nieces and nephews nice to get them stuff from the store and we're like we're taking advantage of this so that was probably one of my cooler memories just buying toys from there and like all of it was disney all of it it was yeah. just really like a dream that was yeah. cool that's awesome well, that, yeah that plush mountain you don't you they would have all kinds of different characters you wouldn't see normally yeah. on there too like that's the that's the one of the sad parts is you go find an obscure character, a mm-hmm. Robin Hood or something on the Plush Mountain. Yeah. You know, it's funny because, <clears throat> you know, I, I've i talked a lot about how I didn't grow up with Disney. You know, I found Disney much later in life. You know, I was already an adult. My wife and I had started kind of transitioning from having season passes and going to uh, Magic Mountain all the time to starting to go to Disneyland and that was kind of it became our happy place you know we would go as much as possible we got our passes for Disneyland but the Disney store was part of that gateway into the magic for me right because I was never a big collector because I didn't grow up with it but I remember whenever I would pre-order a DVD or a Blu-ray, I would get the lithographs and I would get like all these special edition items. And I I don't know, it felt insanely special to me to be able to have like, and they weren't always an actual lithograph or, you know, they were just a print basically. They weren't like a piece of film or anything that came from the movie or anything. You could get stuff like that, but it was, you know, collectible that you had to purchase on the side. But I just remember when I first started getting the collectible lithographs and I first started getting these things to decorate with, it's kind of where my Disney fandom really began to take hold and really began to get rooted. And then uh, with my wife working there, you know, she would get me all sorts of mugs. I have uh, a lot of the mugs that she got me, like my Mickey coffee mug, uh, my Mr. Incredible mug. I have uh, a like a huge Mickey mug that he's like exclaiming like, ah, you know, like the one that I had commonly used, like all of those were gifts from when she was at the Disney store. Uh, on top of that, I would shop for so many t-shirts there and believe it or not. Uh, I remember I was going through a lot of our clothes, uh, recently because we were putting either stuff in storage that I wanted to keep for my kids Uh, I gave away a lot of really old clothes that uh, I don't fit into because I'm I'm much more robust than I was many a year ago. Like Mr. Incredible. (laughs) Like Mr. Incredible, exactly. (laughs) But I found – do any of you want to take a guess as to how many Disney shirts I found from the Disney store? 52. That's the first thing I was thinking. I was like, that, that was what I remember buying so many shirts. And well, that's I less than I have, so. 
<laughs> okay, uh, I'll tell you. Go I ahead. had 39 Ooh. Disney Store shirts, okay? But that does not include the 24 shirts that I had actually used because the <laughs> other ones were all brand new with the tags still on them. Wow. Wow. Okay. okay. Wow, indeed. Crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, Some willpower. at this point, no, or a compulsive obsession to buy stuff. <laughs> you just I mean, <laughs> That's the thing, One of right? The two. So now I have all these vintage Disney store shirts that I I don't think I'm ever going to fit in. I'm going to be realistic about this. I, I'm not going to fit into a large again, anytime soon at least. But my kids are very close to that size range. So I'm just holding on to them at this point for them to be able to wear. Because there's some really awesome stuff in there. And and then on top of that, I had all of my old skateboarding shirts. Like all of my Element shirts. And like they're all like I had a whole bunch of new stuff that I would buy. Because the when I would go to the mall and I would go to the Disney store, they had the Sun right next to the Disney store. So I would go to the Disney store, buy Disney shirts, and then I would go buy the Element shirts over at PacSun. So I had I had way too many T-shirts. Uh, but, it I mean, I guess it's cool, right? You got a whole bunch of vintage stuff that you can remember purchasing. And I guess if I really wanted to, I could probably sell them at this point. But I, I kind of like the idea of my kids keeping them and having that vintage clothing available to them well they're not going to listen to this just give them to them as presents and you know when they start getting that size there you got you got presents already you know already purchased (laughs) i went on ebay and found this for tons of money tons of money that's why you got one (laughs) that's funny i might consider that but i think i may have already told them about them so I may have made the mistake and told them, but, you know, it's fine. I mean, regardless, well, they're going to end up with them. The only reason they don't have them now is because they still need to grow into them a little bit more. But as soon as they fit, those things are coming out of storage, and they're all vacuum sealed, and they're all, like, well taken care of. And, yeah, I'm I'm excited for them to be able to use those. Back when T-shirts were still great quality from the Disney store. <laughs> oh, here we go. I don't know what the quality is now. I, I, I shouldn't Haynes, say that. beefy tea. <laughs> That's most of their T-shirts. I'm just thinking of them being from the Disney store when it was still a Disney property. That's... That's not even who cares about quality. It's pretty cool. Like a relic. Yeah. Even though it's a t-shirt, we yeah. see, what is it? Like concert t-shirts blow up yeah. these days because they were printed on whatever then. That's they weren't true. like real good printing. That's this true. is kind of cool. It's like having a piece of Disney archive. That's true. You, know, you, go. just, you got something from the store. Maybe I shouldn't give it to them. <laughs> Maybe I should I just, just put them on display somewhere gonna, instead. And they're going to listen to this episode and be like, <laughs> those like jersey frames. Yeah. But instead of jerseys, it's. Yeah. Maybe That'd I should just cool. cycle them. A grumpy t shirt. Mm. <laughs> yeah. My old Ducks jerseys are also put away in that. Oh. That's cool. So I have I have the original jerseys from when the from when the Ducks first started up in Anaheim. Hey. I have I have a Timu Solani jersey. Yeah, I got a lot of heat for being a Ducks fan when they, <laughs> when, they when they were first established. And you know what? I didn't even care. I still get you. heat for being a Ducks fan. <laughs> but I don't even care. I don't even care. <laughs> uh okay. Well, Definitely want to talk about Loki in a moment. Um, if you live in, in the Southern California area, make sure that you head over to the Disney store out in Glendale if you're interested in getting anything before they close. Uh, I believe that there is a list of all of the ones that are going to be closing. Uh, if I can find the list, I will put it in the blog post for this episode over at podcateers.com slash 366. And you can see if there's anything near you. I'm assuming that there's going to be a lot of discounted items uh, as they get closer to uh, closing each location. Uh, You know, the one thing that I never had an opportunity to do at a Disney store that I wanted to was go early enough to get a key. Oh, yeah. People Uh. post about those keys all the time. Yeah, those were cool. Yeah, that's the one thing that I always regret not getting or not going early enough to get one. 
can we clarify this for listeners, aka, can you clarify this for me? <laughs> you would, if you got <laughs> there, I don't the key. If you got there early enough in the morning, they would like they do like a little ceremony, on, and they pick somebody out in the from the crowd and to unlock the store for the day. And I believe then you could purchase, like the first X amount of people in the store could purchase it. Is mm-hmm. that correct, Hazen? Yeah. yeah, like first ten or twenty people could purchase the key in the morning they'd be themed differently it was a like the deed of the disney logo at the end of the key yeah like the handle part of the key and they'd be themed a toy story or whatever that day's theme was well those keys now they sell at the parks are blowing up right they have like a series going right now of those collectibles well you can reminds me of that too i I didn't know that they had them at the parks but i know for a fact that they have them on shop disney Mm-hmm. And it is, oh. I mean, the the entire premise of Disney closing the Disney stores is because they're transitioning to online commerce like most other companies are. Uh, most retailers have realized that having a brick and mortar isn't as effective as online sales because Amazon and other companies that have embraced the online shopping experience have really just morphed how people do their shopping and commerce in general. So uh, I know the keys are available. They go on sale uh, fairly frequently. They're approximately $15 a piece, I think, when you buy them. But they're nice. I mean, like Andrew was saying, they have like the swishy D and then it's Mm -hmm. like a key. And then the bottom portion is, um, I don't know if it's it's Aurora's Castle or or Cinderella's Castle. Okay. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah, but it's one of the castles. Yeah, but those are nice. Uh, mm-hmm. I and that's crazy. I never bought one either. <laughs> that's the funny thing. I saw them on Shop Disney when we were uh, attempting to purchase the Castle Funko because a bunch of them were on sale for like eight bucks or something like that, and I never even got them then. So mm-hmm. hmm, go figure. Maybe missed out on the trend. Well, you know what? I'm gonna buy one anyway. I don't even care. Do it. I'm just gonna buy <laughs> one. You- I did look up. Uh, the Disney store was run by Children's Place until 2008, and then they took it back over. Oh, so Disney took it back again after. Yeah. Okay. After 2008. All right. All right. Well, that's good to know. Yeah. Right. And did you guys know about the Superstar Limo connection to Disney Store? No. <laughs> Um, one of the, uh, supposedly, this is, I read this, uh, I don't remember who I read this from, it was a while ago, but it's been up in my head. Um, when they are thinking of ideas to re-theme Superstar Limo, one of the ideas was something like Goofy's Superstar Limo, and instead of all of, instead of the celebrities, it was all of those maquette animatronics from the Disney store they were going to put in the ride, and it'd be all the Disney characters as opposed to Regis Philbin and Antonio Banderas. Nice. Aww. So, yeah. It would have been a good way to repurpose them. Yeah. Well, they still, you know, they got to pull them out. You know, we can put them in the Monsters, Inc. ride. Just Huey, Dewey, and Louie and, you know, <laughs> Mike and Sully. <laughs> nice. Uh, or if they want to give a couple of those to me so that I can put them up on display in my living room, that's also cool with me. Yeah, and the Christmas ones, send them over to me. I'll put them yeah, in the yard. no problem. <laughs> Sure. (laughs) Well, uh, sadly, uh, the stores, the Disney stores are closing, but you know what's reopened? What? All of the Disney parks in the world are open together as one for the first time in 14 plus months. Mm Mm-hmm. That is insane. Last holdout, Disneyland Paris just opened up. Yeah. Yeah. It's... And they have a new hotel opening up, too, that I think just opened up as the day we're recording the New York Hotel. Oh, the Marvel one. The Marvel Hotel. Yeah. The New York Hotel opened up. Nice. And uh, yeah, they had a little opening ceremony and Spider-Man arrived on top of a yellow cab to the front of the hotel. <laughs> nice. And, uh, <laughs> Wait a second. He's got webs that he can sling <laughs> from and he takes a cab. He was on top of the cab. Oh, he took her Not still. In the, on, he was like, and then he did a backflip off the cab. Okay. This, this Disney Parks, I don't know, this Disney Parks Spider-Man, I mean, the real Spider-Man, uh, does a lot more backflips than uh, the Spider-Man in the movie, I have to say. I don't know if anybody else has noticed that, but he does I a haven't. lot of flips. <laughs> he does so many flips. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, they're uh, fantastic flips, and I could never do a flip in my life, but that's a lot of flips. <laughs> mm. I got hit really hard once, and I flipped that way. 
Oh, it, oh. it wasn't my favorite way to flip, but <laughs> I, I, I did it. I need like a trampoline and like all kinds of stuff to even attempt to flip. But that's funny. Anyway, Marvel Hotels open. Looks great. <laughs> Looks fancy. <laughs> yeah, I remember seeing the concept art for the New York Hotel and just wanting to be there and being uh, you know a little jealous that it wasn't opening here. Mm-hmm. And even in Florida, we're getting a Star Wars themed hotel. I want me my Marvel hotel. What's up with that? I mean, we had all these plans to open up new hotels. Let's get it going. Come on, Indiana Jones Hotel, Disneyland Resort. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna. Yep. The entire menu and everything is in Marabic. So, exactly. <laughs> Chilled monkey phrase finally happens. <laughs> Get a bowl of bugs and a bowl of snake things. And, mm, yummy. <laughs> That's Sweet. funny. And then there's a secret entrance to the Temple of the Forbidden Eye that goes through the secret tunnels that no one's supposed to know about, but right into the hotel and into the queue. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Yeah, you have your own Jeep. Yeah. That's like an enclosed Jeep with screens mm-hmm. on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. 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 You know what? That's well. Take it. We're we're the team on this. Disney, just call us. Call Hazen. You've got his number. Apparently, it writes itself. And we'll, yeah, we got it. We'll just put it on us. Put us on the team, and we'll uh, get it done for That's you. Real quick. True. Yep. We'll get it done. Mm-hmm. We're the people. We'll get it done. <laughs> Indie Hotel, coming in twenty thirty five. That's funny. Uh, well, I want to talk some Loki since we're talking about Marvel. Let's do it. Obviously. Uh, but before we do, I do want to remind you that this episode of Podcasters is brought to you by a fantastic group of listeners known as the FGP Squad, which is what they've called themselves because that's much easier to hashtag than what we call them our podcast fairy godparents. Now, if you're interested in finding out how you can become part of the FGP Squad family, you can head on over to podcateers.com slash FGP. There you will find more information on what the FGP Squad is, a list of some of our top contributors, and information on how you can head over to our Patreon page because that's how we get our primary support. Being a part of the FGP Squad family gets you some additional perks like uh, access to our happy hour calls, which is happening again this weekend. If you're listening to this episode on launch day or launch week, you'll get the invite over on Patreon. You'll probably see the posts over on Instagram as well. We're super excited to be back. Last month was a little difficult and we weren't able to have our call, so... We're, we're glad to be back. We know a lot of the FGP squad members have been to the parks as well, so we've been uh, just excited to talk to them about their return and their experiences, playing some games, hanging out. It's going to be a fun time again. More information will be posted on that. Again, if you would like more information on how you can become part of the FGP squad family, head on over to podcasters.com slash FGP. And, of course, to all of the members of the FGP squad, I just want to send a huge thank you for all of your continued support. Oh, and I got some stuff to give to you guys very soon, so stay tuned. Oh, the deets. Look you out. want that stuff? Sign up for uh, FGP. It's coming. Teaser. That sounds it's cool. I've seen it. That sounds freaky. I've seen that it. sounds scary. It's I cool. shouldn't say it like that. Um, you're no, going to want it. You shouldn't be afraid. <laughs> yeah. They're nice. No fear. <laughs> I like be them. Be envious. Be very I envious. like them. But that's just me. <laughs> All right. Oh, Loki in the parks. Did he update this week? I didn't notice if they updated his costume. Every It seems like every week. If he's changing a costume, they're changing a costume. He's in his uh, variant jacket suit jacket and tie nice little little like square tie at the end (laughs) like blues brothers tie but yeah it looks like they're uh i'm i'm waiting to see what next week's costume brings us (laughs) if it's gonna be something different now it, it will be a little disappointing if they've gone through that transition the last three weeks and then from here on out it's nothing but him in that outfit yeah I have a feeling with how this episode played out, something's gonna something's gonna change eventually. Mm. Yeah. Well, if you have not had an opportunity to watch episode one and two of Loki on Disney Plus, you've been warned there's gonna be some spoilers in what we talk about next because hot damn, another great episode. Mm-hmm. Police and the so Fire much Man. good. I love it. 
where do you guys want to start here? Because <sighs> there's a lot. There's a lot to talk about. I. Larry brought it up at the beginning. The jet skis, man. Let's What's up with there. the jet skis? Let's start with the jet skis. What is up with the jet ski <laughs> reference when they are on the desk? I mean, that's really the beginning of the episode of Miss Time, and you gotta love uh, Loki swatting Miss Time. Oh, Miss Minutes. <laughs> minutes. <laughs> Miss Minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Miss Minutes. I mean, the yeah. fact that Miss Minutes is actually a character that can be like a like a little oh, humanoid yeah, outside like in the real world even that's in like good, holographic it's like an form. ai hologram yeah. deal that is super cool yeah. yeah i i feel that question that that he asked too it's like are you live or are you like mm-hmm. pre-programmed or something like that what is he asking yeah are you intelligent i think it's something like yeah. any, are you it was he asked her yeah it was like one of those like is this live or is this memoric style questions like exactly. are you real mm-hmm. or are you pre-recorded or something like that i feel like if i ever had the opportunity to interview tara strong i would want to ask her are you live or are you pre-recorded but yeah i mean okay so there's so many things i have to admit that i'm not like this story i'm not very familiar with right i'm not Mm. i don't know a lot about the timekeepers i knew very little going into the loki series and uh, i started reading up more on the characters and i was still surprised to find out that his entire name is mobius m mobius uh, I mean that that's and the M cr- stands for Mobius. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's that's a wow moment wow. right there. Mobius, there was Mobius, ever Mobius. One. Still haven't got one. But I know. <laughs> I'm still disappointed that there hasn't been one. But you know, it is what it is. We'll keep waiting for that. Yeah, it'll be uh, a big party when it happens. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, like I was saying, I mean, I knew a little bit of the TVA. I didn't know the big story behind it, the timekeepers, but. Now that I've read so much more, I can't even begin to tell you how excited I am for everything else that's coming. Okay? So, Mobius. Okay? The jet skis. There's so many things in this episode that that begin to make you wonder. And even Loki wonders. It's a direct question, right? Like, where did Mobius come from? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. Mobius doesn't seem to know where he came from. Like he, it it's funny how the story of how they were created, and how a lot of religions seem to think you know people were created are kind of woven into the story and the lore of these characters. Right? It's mm-hmm. like yes. you were created by this greater being, and that's that's it. That's how you became. Right? And so he's like, but don't you question that? And Mobius is like, well, it's not that much different than how you were created. Right. And so Loki's all like, yeah, I guess so. But the obsession with the nineties in this episode in Mm -hmm. particular is really strong. And Mobius seems to keep repeating himself over and over in the things that he does. And we see these things planted throughout the entire episode. So one of the questions that I saw asked, because I was going through some Reddit threads that like, (laughs) (laughs) okay. (laughs) One of the questions that was asked was, remember when he went in and he didn't remember leaving the other rings with his drink? Mm -hmm. Okay. Have you also noticed that all of the like the soldiers that they have are basically all clones that may not look yeah, like each other. Like you know, they're not like stormtroopers, but technically they are all clones of something. Every one of those has a number assigned to them on their helmet. What's mm-hmm. Mobius's number? Oh no. What if they're all clones of Mobius? So when he's in Judge Renslayer's office, and there's all these artifacts like the the skate and the snow globe and all that stuff. Obviously, those all came from some mission that he went on, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But what if it's not him? And what if Mobius also has his own versions of himself running around on other timelines 
and are the other agents that Judge Renslayer was talking about. Hmm. Well, that is really bending. I don't know if I can even comprehend uh, all of that. Well, I mean, if he has, I mean, obviously those all came from something, right? Mm-hmm. If they came from a split timeline, here's my understanding mm-hmm. so far. If on the main timeline something goes awry, then it splits off into its own timeline, right? There's some mm-hmm. kind of event. It goes on. There's a new timeline. Yep. However, if something goes wrong on that timeline, another timeline cannot spawn. It remains the same timeline and just ruckus ensues. If everybody, like they explained, if everybody's going to end up dying anyway. Right. Then, yeah. Right. So there isn't another timeline that spawned from that. So what if all of those relics are from all of these timelines that eventually spawn, but but the agent that was sent out to go through those timelines were other versions of Mobius that didn't make it back? That could be possible because we don't know who the other person is. Right. That's all I could think of. Right. And, and he's always asking. Right? Mm-hmm. There's always that question, like, you know, or like, where where did all these other rings come from? And she's like, oh, well, you're not my only agent out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's, it's very vague. Right. It's very vague. But he's also the only one that doesn't seem to have a number or like this uniform the way that everyone else does. Like. He's the only one in just like a suit, right? Yeah. Which it strikes you kind of odd. In my mini deep dive into who these characters are and kind of this world that we're in right now, because again, I don't know a lot about this storyline, right? I knew mm-hmm. several Me characters. Neither. I kind of knew about the character we're going to be talking about soon that's revealed at the end of the episode. Um, but Mobius himself was the judge that proceeded over a trial of She-Hulk. Okay. She-Hulk, we know, is going to be a new series coming to Disney Plus very soon. So there's already a connection that we can make with one of the newer series. On top of that, I found out that Mobius spent a lot of his time trying to capture a group of people that we have yet to see in the MCU, primarily led by Reed Richards. He was always on the tail of the Fantastic Four because of the things that they were doing in their time shenanigans. Mm. So Mobius might play this much deeper character that's going to play. Like, he's basically almost like the Nick Fury of... Yeah. Okay, so... Here, here's the other thing. Oh, man, my brain's going at like 200 miles an hour right now. <laughs> I don't know exactly where the TVA is. There's all these clues from other films that we've seen, and they keep hinting at it. Like when Loki asks him, like, oh, how long have you been here? And he's like, oh, I don't know. Time moves a lot different than it moves here. Who was the last person to say that? We heard that in Ant-Man in the quantum realm. When they mm-hmm. asked her, you know, how long have you been here? She's like, oh, I don't know. I, time moves differently here. Time moves differently. Right? So we've heard that phrase before. Uh, on top of that, we know for a fact that we have the quantum. Okay. Oh, jeez. My head is just like all over. Take a breath. Okay. We also know that Ant-Man and the Wasp quantum mania is coming up. Okay. Which mm-hmm. already ties the quantum realm into everything that's happening. We know that Doctor Strange centers around the multiverse, right? And we know that one of the the upcoming villains that's going to play a huge role in Phase 4 of the MCU, which is going to be also the villain in Quantumania, is Kang the Conqueror. Kang the Conqueror also played a huge role in the Fantastic Four comics. Okay, so there's all of these inklings from all of these different comics and all of these characters that we've been wanting to see and all of these additional storylines that are coming down the line that are all being hinted at in just a couple of episodes of Loki. And my head is spinning right now. (laughs) It's absolutely spinning. And I love it. There's so much to learn. (laughs) On top of that, I think uh, I didn't know this, but apparently... Uh, I've mistakenly thought that everything that was happening in the MCU 
you know how we have the different Earth realms and the different uh, like places that you can jump? Like we've talked about Earth six one six, and how mm-hmm. that's kind of like the the main Marvel realm that everything happens mm-hmm. in. Well. Did you also know that the MCU does not take place in 616? Nope. I was under the impression for a (laughs) long time that it took place in 616, but it doesn't. It takes place on Earth 199999. That's a lot of nines. It is a lot of nines. Yeah. (laughs) Why they went with that, I have no idea. Call up Kev and ask him. I should ask him. (laughs) Ask Kev. Everyone, there's tons of them. There's Earth 8311, 2149, the Soul Gem, which apparently we saw in Infinity War, uh, where Tony Stark is in like the dream sequence, or not the, um, not Tony Stark. Oh, yeah, Tony Stark because of the Soul Gem. But we also see uh, Black Widow there. Uh, there's Earth uh, 92131. There's Earth 928. So anyway, there's all Earth sorts of different Earth 90210, <laughs> Earth 626. <laughs> no, that's experiment. <laughs> that's an old, that was a joke from the last time we touched Marvel. That's Gotta called a callback. That's a callback. So anyway, running gag. sorry, I'm overly excited. Things are starting to connect in my brain. And uh, I'm, I, it, talk about rabbit hole. If you thought that mm-hmm. the deep dive into oh, yeah. the SEA was insane, Melissa, Try diving into this and yeah. reconnecting everything that's <laughs> happening as we jump into the quantum realm and jump into the multiverse. Because, eh, whew, yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's a lot. It's so no, I'm hearing you, and I'm like, I'm. It's, it's a lot. Like, it's a lot to take in. It's a lot to process. A lot to kind of figure out in your mind. Everything we've seen in the MCU and try to plug in and try to think it's a lot, Mm -hmm. but that's the beauty about this show. Like, ah, it's, it gives us a lot more and I forgot where I read it, but, um, Kevin Feige did say that this show was going to be giving everything like you're, we were going to see, how do I say this? I guess the most immersed, show that's going to connect almost everything else Mm -hmm. and we're seeing that so it's already episode two and our brains are like still processing (laughs) are we ready for episode three i don't know (laughs) i know my my head explode okay yeah (laughs) that's all i'm gonna say my head explode because as the episode progresses we finally find out who the variant that Loki and Mobius are hunting is. Mm-hmm. A lot of people online have started saying that this is Lady Loki. And mm-hmm. Lady Loki was, I want to say, I don't know a lot about Lady Loki, but I think she was created by Loki after like he died or something like that. And I, for, I forgot what the story was, but... Um, a lot of people are saying it's Lady Loki because it makes sense, right? It would be a trickster. It's kind of a piece of him, and it's kind of him. Oh, he died, and he reincarnated as Lady Loki. I think that's the story. And it would make sense if that was the case, right? Because if he's the trickster god, and he can morph into whatever he wants, and you know he can look however he wants and everything, great. However, if we wanted a twist for Loki as a series and the MCU... There is another character who's who this could possibly be. And that is a character uh, known as Amora, who was an Asgardian sorceress. Enchantress. Yes, yes. Enchantress. <laughs> That's what I was yeah. going for. You got that Asgard realm. See? And because it's so connected, and we have Love and Thunder coming up, mm-hmm. and, okay, the Celestials are coming... <laughs> And at one point in Marvel's history, again, in 616, I believe is when it happened. Now I'm all screwed up with all the different Earths. <laughs> but at one point in the MC, in, in Marvel's timeline, the Asgardian um, like lore or the story of where they came from got synced up to the Celestials. And the beliefs of the Celestials and how they became became part of the story of how Asgardians came to be. So instead of just being gods, the Asgardians were told that they were aliens that were created by the Celestials. 
right? So it's, I mean, t- I'm telling you, I'm like all over the place. My head is spinning and I don't even care. I love it. I do too. <laughs> That's, uh, I think, when you bring up that. I was going down the Enchantress's uh, Amora as her because I think it's really hard. I, I could see Lady Loki too. I think I love that theory. Uh, but for me, I was going down the Amora route because when, if you, spoiler, as we've been mentioning, she says this has nothing to do with you. I think that was a yeah. huge line to drop mm-hmm. in, and that really made me go on. Speaking with my nephew specifically, I had a I had a call because he's in depth like you are, Hazen. That's like my go to when it comes to these. When he goes to Marvel Comics, like things that he kind of sees little trends with, and he was like, "Yeah, I'm on the same page." It's uh, technically it's like an elderly sister to the lesser lesser mystic Lorelai. I think that's where it comes from. But um, it's I would be so. I think that character has a lot more to offer as you've mentioned just right there in that little bit of storyline if this is the opening of that door maybe a little bit more easier to to swallow too because <laughs> if you start opening those other worlds like you mentioned i mean that it might be a little bit harder for the watcher but i think everybody's all on the same page as well as like just the cinematic value we're talking cinematic value on a tv show technically disney plus right what they're giving you is insane mm-hmm. yeah and i think yeah, I could see the clone theory too to go on that with um with uh Mo- Mobius, right? Mobius is because there seems to be this interconnection between each of the officers or you want to call them for the TVA, right? The the watchers like they all have this like intuition to with each other and it does kind of tie to him. So I could see that too which would be really a mind spin if you think that cuz yeah, there is like that if you watch the show, I mean, that scene when he puts the cups in the office speaking uh, with uh, the Red Slayer, it's like they focused in on those rings for a mm-hmm. reason. You, you knew there was something up there. So, And the little tool she grabbed, too. I don't know. Did you see like she when she grabbed that weapon? I'm like, what is that a reference to, to the Red Slayer? She grabs like a weapon when she found out things were going wrong oh yeah i don't know if that ever came down i was like what is that from that was something that kind of gave me a little perk like that's gotta be something we're gonna figure out a little bit later but it was interesting to me that part so i remember there was something that i was reading that basically was talking about ravona renslayer and uh she she's had a lot of different names like she like one of the names that she went by was terminatrix she went Mm -hmm. by um nebula she was kang nebula uh she's temptress she's mistress of time so the i mean there's so many connections to i mean if you look at the statues that were behind her did you happen Mm -hmm. to realize that the one statue that was behind her was the only one not holding the i didn't so the, the the what they're using you're talking about the actual like lantern looking like hour, the hourglass yeah like the That's two statues it. on the yeah. side had hourglasses and the one in the middle had its hands out like it was like blessing mm. her or anyone else that was like right in the middle and if she's well, that's good too. if she's technically considered the mistress of time in the comic books that means she might even be one of them and she's posing yeah. as a judge to keep things on track. True. Mm-hmm. Now, as far as the creation of everything, that's where the Celestials would come in. Because each mm-hmm. of the Celestials was supposed to be in charge of different aspects of creation. Right? So if if they're talking about where everyone came from, they're technically talking about the Celestials. And that would lead into a Fantastic Four, a Thor, uh, possibly even the She-Hulk series. And, you know, the fact that you said, Mel, that even Kevin Feige said that this series was going to be crucial to really getting things going for Phase 4. Man, in two episodes, mm-hmm. they've dipped us into so many different buckets of what's coming for Phase 4 that I'm telling you, my head is spinning i feel like i've watched a full <laughs> series in two episodes yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, that's the, the, just the the density yeah. of how much stuff we've seen in those two episodes is ridiculous you know what that's what we should do we should talk about the celestials in one episode because if they're going to be a big part i'm going to put a pin in that one 
because I know a little bit about the Celestials, but I don't know enough. So I want to deep dive into this one, and I want to talk about them in an upcoming episode because I really feel that by the end of Loki, they're going to play a huge part in what gets introduced next, and they're the entity that everyone's talking about. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, think about it. If the Celestials were or are the most powerful beings in the universe because they created it why else would infinity stones not function in the tva that's a good theory right i'm with it so anyway <sighs> so I much also like your, yeah, yeah, yeah. i like your Everybody. you know talking about her possibly being uh you know one of the uh time timekeepers she's very like catty not catty but when it, every time Mobius asks her a question, like, oh, where where are they? What are they doing? And she's like, oh, they're they're around. They're busy. Yeah. You know, they're doing stuff. You don't need to worry about them. Yeah. You know, that's basically yeah. the gist of what, what she's given him when he asks all these questions. So it's another, another you know, reason that she's probably not who we think she is right now. You know what else? On top of what you just said, I don't even think there's three of them. I think she's the only mm. one you left. Think she's the one? Yeah. Before you brought that up, I thought there was none of them were left. And she was like, you know, they were just kind of running it without them. Uh, but that's a better mm. theory, you know, now that I know what I know, since you've explained it all to me. <laughs> well, I tried. I think I got overly excited and I started rambling at one point. But I like I'm I now really think that she's the only one after saying it, that she's the only one. And that's why she keeps freaking out about it, that if something mm -hmm. goes wrong, she won't be able to fix this anymore. You I know, see. so that's a good maybe thing. the other two got turned into those statues, and they get when they when they die, they hold the time. Oh yeah, the, you know the, the oh. yeah. So she's the only one left. Or that was their punishment by the Celestials for not doing what they were supposed. Yeah, to do. Yeah, they got turned into statues. It's like a Medusa thing, dude. You know dude. what? If not, if it's not that, we'll just write that into something else. <laughs> <laughs> okay, copyright, copyright, trademark, trademark. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> well i mean if you've had an opportunity to watch episode one and two of loki and you want to jump in on the conversation please join us over on our discord server if you hadn't had the chance you can head over to the blog post for this episode at podcastuse.com slash 366 and you will find an invite to join us on discord uh, you can also join the conversation over on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search for Podcateers. Would be, we'll be happy to talk about this because I'm so excited. I don't know if you can tell by this entire <laughs> segment, but everything that's happening right now in the MCU with Loki, kind of excited for it. Just a tad. Before we totally close the book on this, is what was your guys' funniest moment of episode two? It's very open to the camera. What would you feel like was your favorite moment? Funny, comedic Ooh. value. That's a good uh, question. Anybody want to go first or you want me to shoot one out? Go ahead, Hazen. Uh, go mine ahead. was the impeccable comedic timing that they had when Mobius tries to give him back his daggers and the other agents are like, nope, and just oh. yanks them out, <laughs> like walks away with them. <laughs> that was good. Or they give him his jacket. And then, you know, he's all, he's all <laughs> confident wearing his jacket. And then they go, oh, it's got on there. What you really are. It's very on yeah. the back. Turn yeah. around. <laughs> and he's very funny. That was a good one. I, I want to say it's a little morbid, but I'm going to say in Pompeii. Oh, when he's oh yeah, I know. Goats, he's like, be <laughs> free, was... my horned friends. And it's like, that was my favorite scene. <laughs> that was mine, too. That's what I was leading to. I'm so glad you bring it up. But go ahead and let's explain it. Like for, I mean, people have watched it. It was so good about that part. But at the same time, what's happening is, you know, what's going to happen in Pompeii. Yeah. So he's like, it just gets better because He's like, nothing else matters. It's okay. <laughs> We're from the future and time yeah. travelers and do 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 and yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, or what was so the good. what was the thing? Uh, they walked. Where did? Oh, they walked into the Ren Fair. That was the other episode. Right? She goes, uh, "Oh, you're wearing the wrong clothes." Because they're in their TVA stuff. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But how appropriate, right? That they're at a Ren Fair. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What does it mean in French? Oh, I don't Renaissance. know. Renaissance. It's a, you know, rebirth. Oh. oh. Man, we just unlocked ah. our box there. Right. How appropriate. I love it. Mm. Okay. Good I love the, the fact that they use I Need a Hero 
in the background for that scene. Yeah. Too. That was yeah, a good that was fun. Cool. That was cool, too. <laughs> so I'm telling you, the the Easter eggs and everything in this one, there was an Easter egg, the 327 in one of the floors when they were doing all of the research. Yeah. Uh, I think uh-huh. I read somewhere that that's uh, an Easter egg that calls back to the Thor comic books when the TVA was first introduced into the comic books. Mm. I was wondering. Yeah. So uh, there was, I know that when Loki was doing his reading, he read about Ragnarok and how many people survived and the Revengers were, were listed on that paper. And that's what Thor was like. uh, What do you, what do you call? It's like, Oh, we're the Revengers because you know, we're, (laughs) we're getting revenge on what happened. I know um, the, uh, the atrium, where that you know the TVA building where you see all those floors that's a real place in Atlanta I saw you oh, can really? stay it's a hotel yes. you can stay there yeah so you can go stay at the TVA cool. in Atlanta I believe it's For Atlanta real. somewhere in Georgia or oh, the nice filming. well we'll try yeah. to find it and we'll put it in the blog post in case anybody wants to check it out and go stay That'd there and awesome. send us pictures of the TVA yeah <laughs> <laughs> they get into the room and the first thing that pops up on TV uh, is Miss Minutes yeah. Yes. Hi, y'all. Welcome Hi, to the y'all. hotel where you're going to be staying. <laughs> That'd be sweet. All right. I think that's going to wrap up this episode for this week. Uh, again, if I got overly excited about this, I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. I'm loving it so much. I, I can't contain it. So that's it. Any closing words on top of what we've said so far? Right on. So that's going to wrap it up. <laughs> Until next time, keep dreaming, keep moving forward, and always remember to pass on the magic. Have a fantastic week, everyone. Bye. See ya. Thanks for listening.